This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Center for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit jodcast.net. Welcome. In the news over the past month, the launch and testing of the Cheops mission and a possibly volcanically active Venus. So first up, in late December, the Cheops mission launched. It stands for Characterizing Exoplanet Satellite, and as the name suggests, it's a mission aimed at determining better the properties of exoplanets. The main goal will be to look for transiting exoplanets that have already been discovered and make accurate measurements of their size. We can combine this with good estimates of their mass, which we should get from transiting, and then from that we can get an average density. Average density should give us a reasonable idea of their composition. It won't be perfect as we're using a planetary average, but as you can expect, we can compare this to the density of known materials and the planets that we know, and get a reasonable idea of what they're made of. Other goals of the mission include detecting transits for exoplanets which have previously been discovered by other methods, for example radial velocity measurements. As I said, it was launched late December, and on the 8th of January the telescope electronics were turned on. Everything has gone so far as planned. The CCD has also been tested by taking a picture with the telescope cover closed. As we know, this should produce a dark picture, and it gives us a good indication of whether the imaging systems are working. And as of now, it's going expected. The temperature's stable, and the electronics are working well. Interestingly, Cheops wasn't the only satellite in that launch. It was a secondary payload to a satellite of the Italian Space Agency, a second-generation Cosmos Skybed satellite, and three CubeSats were also launched in the same rocket. Cosmos SkyMed is, at the moment, a constellation of four satellites used by the Italian Space Agency for radar-based observations of Earth, so observations from the sky, focusing, as the name SkyMed suggests, on the area around the Mediterranean. The satellites are coming to the end of their expected life, so Generation 2 was commissioned around 2015. It'll be two satellites, this one and another launched sometime this year, which aim to replace the old constellation. They should also make some improvements to the quality of the image they can record, for example an improvement on the spatial resolution that they can see down to. One of the CubeSats in the launch is also quite an interesting idea. It's called OpsSat, and it's designed to be a platform to experiment with mission control for satellites using more powerful computers. You see, if there's new control system software that the European Space Agency wants to test, they can test it using this and not have to weigh up whether it's worth risking on a satellite which is doing useful studies of the universe. It helps solve an interesting problem which occurs in the control of satellites as well as many other fields. Techniques that could improve the field may not be tried out because they risk failure and there's a research loss if they do fail. OPSAT is specifically designed to test these sorts of developments. The way it works is you have two parts, the bus of the satellite, which contains the infrastructure used to operate it, and the payload. This is how many satellites work. But in this case, the payload can take control of the satellite. However, you've still got this bus which monitors the satellite and could retake control using its more established flight control methods if it needs to. This should help test some more advanced control systems before they get used on larger, more expensive projects. 
Another thing that happened in the news recently was a study about volcanism on Venus, which suggests the planet may still be volcanically active. So to set this up, we know in the recent past Venus had volcanism, because of infrared and visible thermal images of lava flows from the Venus Express Orbiter. The atmosphere will cause oxidation on the surface, and this will have an effect on the emissivity of that surface in the wavelengths we're viewing them. Younger lava flows are going to be less weathered, and they'll have a higher emissivity. We'll see more infrared from them in a particular time window. It's an idea that's been used before, however it does need experimental constraints on the time scales for those materials we expect to see in lava flows to weather. So a recent paper measures the near-infrared spectra of olivine, crystal expected to be produced in these lava fields, as the surface of Venus is largely basaltic, and olivine generally gets produced on Earth in these sort of environments. They use a furnace to create high temperatures, however it's worth noting that this was done under Earth's atmosphere, which may mean a difference between it and the results of the surface of Venus, which is a weakness that was mentioned in the paper. It throws up something very interesting, though. The crystals became coated in oxidation at the temperatures that they used within about a month. To quote the paper, after one month of oxidation at 900 degrees C, the VNIR spectra showed no features characteristic of olivine, i.e. the broad 1000 nanometer absorption, even though the bulk sample remained predominantly olivine. They also measured samples at 600 degrees C, which is a lot closer to the actual surface temperature of Venus, and those samples showed reduced effects of olivine. Now, it may be that the different atmosphere on Venus changes the timescale of this somewhat, but the finding of a timescale of weeks to months for this effect could suggest that the lava flows on Venus may be very recent, not just hundreds of thousands of years or millions of years recent, but as in within the last few years. And if that's true, then Venus currently has volcanic activity. The paper finishes by pointing out that this would fit in well with the discovery of spikes in the concentration of sulphur in the atmosphere of Venus, which have been measured by both the Pioneer Venus Orbiter and the Venus Express satellite. Those spikes in concentration may then have been the result of some form of eruption or volcanic activity. That's all this month. Back to the studio.